Welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast, where we discuss all things related to the growing field of agile marketing. This podcast is co-produced by Frank Days and the Agile Marketing Alliance so that we can learn, share, and grow together. I'm Frank Days. I'll be your host for today's episode. Joining us today is Elizabeth Stepp, Senior Vice President at Truist, a commercial and consumer bank with locations in the Southeast of the United States. Thanks for joining us today, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me, Frank. Well, in this episode, we'll talk about how Truist is using agile marketing, how they got started and how they overcame their challenges. Elizabeth, can you tell us about your personal journey to agile marketing? Before I get started, let me first say, that my views do not reflect the views of my employer, true. But around my personal journey to agile marketing, yeah, it did start it at Truist. And with all agile journeys, it's been unique. So I was very lucky. My position was created as a result of the merger that formed Truist out of our heritage organizations. One of them was starting to explore agile marketing and had started defining a team which was great, but those efforts fizzled before the merger was announced. Well, I basically had no Agile experience when I was offered the position. My earlier roles were focused on process and efficiency within marketing, and Agile just makes. I've been able to balance my training efforts at the same time as working on the implementation, and I'm very lucky to have been able to Along with your certification, can you share a little bit more about how you got started at implementing Agile Marketing at Truist? I was hired into the role, but I really got to define and build the role. In fact, I like to tell a story when my boss offered me the position. He said, I'd like you to be the Agile Marketing Manager. And I said, that's great. What does that mean? And she said, figured out. And I said, well, that sounds great. So I really got to define and build the role, and I'm still defining and building. At the time, we were under this understanding that the organization absolutely would be out. In fact, we inherited several agile teams during and those persist to this day. However, our understanding has changed and evolved over time. And I'd say we're more interested and bought in to the idea of Agile than we have been today. In fact, we're starting to launch teams now, finally, and we're very excited about that. We're also a safe organization, so my training has been strongly influenced by what Scaled Agile does, but marketing doesn't always lend itself really well to this. And that's where we get to leverage the flexibility that's within so that we can overcome those challenges come along with marketing itself. So, for example, we're trying to figure out the best way to implement a PI team type of event within our department. We're not exactly sure what that's going to look at, but we have started trying to do that. And we're trying to figure out panel orchestration between the identification of our initiatives, ethics, and our strategies in the development of the actual. Some, some stay soon, we'll be able to pull those all together and have a cohesive planning experience. Can you share a little bit more the, the details of what your SAFE implementation looks like? SAFE is a pretty extensive framework with lots of different artifacts and, and rituals. 
Can you share a little bit more about what parts of those you adopted and what it looks like? So because our adoption, like all adoptions, has been unique and because we had a number of challenges that we were coming up against. We had our merger. We had the pandemic on top of the merger. So at a point in time, we were running basically three different banks, our two heritage organizations and Truist at the same time, while we were also trying to do all of this in a new remote way, right? So we've got quite this unusual situation coming together. And I'm over here trying to bring agility into the department. Well, as you can expect, traditional ways of bringing safe into an, into a department, yeah. bringing in leading safe, getting leaders trained, taking off teams was a non-starter. It did not work out for us. Oh. So we looked at different ways to be able to do that. We started with that, that roadmap. It is a great theory and practice and for other parts of the business probably worked really well. However, it went we discovered they liked the idea of Agile, but they still had some reservations. And in fact, our new CMO was coming in one of his first days was when we were leading, holding, leading. So that's a lot of challenges to overcome. And luckily, we've been able to step back and find ways that work for us. So we're looking at different ways to bring Agile to the department but without saying words that make our teammates think of Agile. We're under so much stress due to the merger and COVID, both of which are mostly over, that introducing something quote-unquote new was really discouraged for So what we do is we look at things, ceremonies, um, and such from SAFE, and we really try to call up them exactly what they are or the way that we would call them. So, for example, a portfolio backlog is really a leadership at the top of the house. The leadership needs to know what we're trying to do when we are working on the big pieces of work. As you start to scale, I went through it in the last company I worked for. We, we went from a four-year four window. We went from seven people in marketing to over 30 people. And I was, we were always in this challenge of how many teams and we were constantly spinning teams up and spinning teams down, which is not a bad thing, right? I mean, that's a, in a way, in the spirit of agile, it's not a bad thing. If you've got a a center of gravity and you can build a team around it, what's the process for you guys in terms of teams? And can you share with our listeners a little bit about like how many teams you're talking about? In some instances, we are a large organization, but in other instances, we are not. So we have about 300-ish employees in marketing. Wow. That okay. equates to a lot of teams. We don't have a whole lot of teams. Like I mentioned, we did inherit a few teams from our heritage organizations. They're strictly scrum-based. They are full-based teams. They have been running. They're running well. They continue to run well. And making sure that we can interact with those teams, the rest of the department can interact with those teams. That's actually been an area where we've had some because we can help translate, we can help people understand what's happening. And our teammates who are not on the Agile team can look at things and start to understand why the team is asking for 
request is what pages and such not in a in a manner that they're unused to. And it's helping us there. We also we don't have that many teams stood up outside of those. Okay. But we're getting we're about to launch ten teams. Wow. Really those teams are within our creative development area. And we're looking at our brand team. We're talking to our copywriters, art designers, media people, our social media people, and working to bring them into teams, get them trained up. And we're training them in a way that hopefully isn't super disruptive to what they're doing. Was that intentional that you picked one functional area or is that something that these the team, they, you know, they kind of gravitated towards it? I wish that I could say I had more influence on that. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, influ- the influence that I can say I've had is conversations about, you know, it would be great if we could have cross-functional teams working on it. And they were not, in, in my brain, perhaps significant conversations, but still conversations. And lo and behold, through a reorganization, of course, this is what are these teams now. Yeah. They're still very nascent. They've got a lot of maturity to go to. They've got a lot to learn and a lot to room to grow, a lot of opportunities together. And we're really excited about what that looks How do you enable these teams? I mean, are they getting certified as well? Are they you know, reading books or is there someone who comes out of a one of these legacy teams that was already using Agile? Just curious how they get started. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So we are we're in the thick of really getting their enablement going right now. Yep. With the very challenge to provide training that is short, sweet, and to the point. And yeah. if most training is not. So we have really looked at what are kind of core competencies that teams can learn about in thirty minutes or less. <laughs> and yeah. What can they take back and implement right away? And we're looking at the 70-20-10 learning. He's going to spend 30 minutes with us. That's where my coaching certification definitely comes into play. I'll be key in those training sessions. I also have an embedded coach from the TRIUS COE who can help me out with the great. I love that partnership with that COE group. Um, the 20% comes in, the two of us, working alongside those teams as they start to implement what they learned in training for an amount of time. And we're saying when they feel like they've got it good enough, we'll step back, we'll let them run it a little bit on their own. And then when they feel like hmm, maybe they're 70% or more competent with that particular skill, we'll okay. go back and we'll say, okay. Here's a menu. What are you on your team interested in? What kind of things would you like to So we're really kind of very taking this concept. And overall, it probably will be slower to implement and get these teams up to speed. But hopefully we're doing it in bite-sized ways where they can really grasp on to that particular concept. So it's sort of an agile approach to agile. (laughs) You do what you have to do, right? Yeah. I've never heard the term 70, 20, 10, but I get, I get the concept of it, right? Is you're, you're not, you're not letting perfection get in the way of good and work towards better. Having talked to people who are ad- adopting agile and marketing for a better part of a decade, 
the rituals that people adopt have been very different from, say, if you were in a development team. And I did a stretch probably five or six years ago where I was speaking at a lot of agile meetups with developers. And I'd be the novel marketing guy who'd come in and talk about how marketers are doing. And they were so down in the weeds. Their rituals were so mature in their approach. And you know, it's, it was a very, very, very different set of circumstances. Every person on the team was an expert in agile and had very strong opinions on it. And they were talking about you know, a lot of the subtleties of it. Whereas in marketing, people are still debating, are they going to use Scrum? Or are they using a Kanban? Or how frequently are they doing stand-ups? You know, how long are your sprints? There's just a wide array of rituals that we see out of marketers as people are adopting it. You're exactly right. Taking an agile way to example, we certainly have had to do that in our organization because, again, with the with the pandemic, with the new CMA, with the market, yep. with having challenges, everybody being totally in this thought of unusual stress day in and day out. It, it makes it very hard to go to somebody and say, I want to see that try something new. Yeah. It, it's almost a non-starter. <laughs> well, you run into the situation too where change, change isn't always, you know, change isn't always better at first, right? I think the promise of change is always there, but if people are, yeah, at working full throttle, back to back Zoom calls, is the, someone coming in and saying, I'm going to move your cheese metaphorically and change the whole way you work. That's not always accepted with open arms. We very much are focused on how can we help manage that change. And with these teams that we're setting up now, we're really thinking about that, right? How can we help support them? Are we talking with them? Are we talking with their managers? Are we providing them opportunities to provide feedback? How can we get in and really help them move through the change in a way that they get through it? So what does success look like for you in, say, 12, 24, 36 months in this in this role? Success in the next 12, 12 months. I'd like to be able to say that we've had really our, our version of a first PS planning. I think it'll probably happen later this year. Yeah. In, addi- in addition to those, and teams, some of those teams support a segment of our department that's really at the strategy kind of program, almost portfolio level, that's really leaning into in a way that we haven't had other segments of our department leaning yet. And they are pushing to move forward in ways that they can come together and start to see results come out. Because now it means that an entire value stream ready and looking for moving forward. So I think that'll probably happen in the next 12 months. We'll get to what looks like a PI. Up to 36 months, I'd like to say that I have more than that one kind of group within our organization. I'd like to say that maybe we have two or three. I don't know. It'll take some time. If nothing else, I've learned that an agile transformation always goes a little bit slower than you want it to. So we'll see. It's a bold endeavor. I imagine there's always those challenges of the, the waterfall and the, the agile, that sort of interface between the two operating models and trying to find a way for those to collaborate. Elizabeth, I really appreciate the stories today. Um, 
one last question before we depart today, which is, we talked about this before we got on the air here is, right? Advice for someone in a similar organization, right? In a smaller organization where I've come out of more smaller organizations, it's easy to impose your will on the team and say, hey, look, we're an agile shop. Everything's going to be through one of these three teams or four teams and through these, we're going to do everything in JIRA or whatever the approach is. But as you get to a bigger organization where you're trying to roll it out at scale, what advice do you have to someone who's in a role like yours where they are trying to be the person who's trying to make this happen at scale in a larger organization? Probably the first thing I would say is, you know, take a breath, be patient, and find out who your supporters are because you're yeah. going to need to go to them from time to time. You're going to need to say, all right, I tried this. It doesn't seem to be working. What if I yep. don't? What kind of options do I have? Rely on your training if you have it. If you don't have the training, go get them. And then start to really think about what can I do to move the ball forward if it's not the traditional prescribed way that might have been shared in your training, like for me, the safe roadmap. What can I do? How can I make a difference somewhere? Yeah. Is it at a different level? Is it with one specific team? What, where can I start to make a difference? That was great advice. I appreciate that. I'm going to steal the 70-20-10 idea as well. I kind of like that thought pattern because I definitely have seen that as a recurring pattern where people are not, at first, I'm actually helping a friend today. I have a call right after this, <laughs> this interview where they're doing their sprint planning for next week. And I got an email with 15 questions in it. And it's basically all that. It's like, how do we, how much of this are we doing? And where are we doing it? What are we doing? And you know, I think that it just takes time and it doesn't have to be perfect the first time, but it just has to be. You know, continuous and they improve each time and get a little bit better uh, as we go. Exactly. Well, thank you again for sharing your story today, Elizabeth. It's always great to hear from people who are who are active and trying to make it happen, especially at scale. Just as a reminder to our listeners today, if you want to download some resources and learn a little bit more about the burgeoning field of agile marketing, the Agile Marketing Alliance has a tremendous amount of resources and discussions and Lots of smart people who are talking and thinking about the field of agile marketing. You can also find old episodes of the Marketing Agility podcast on iTunes, as well as at agilemarketingblog.com. Elizabeth, thank you again for joining us today. And everyone out there, please stay agile. <laughs>